Will the Dallas Cowboys be all in in 2023? All that more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, Twitter questions today. How are you doing, sir? Always excited for Twitter questions. I uh, can't wait to see what we've got. I, I know that people are fully uh, into the offseason now, getting in tw- uh, getting in the, the draft grinding, getting in free mm-hmm. agent questions. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of the the new the new era or the new realm of, of Twitter questions that we're going to get now. Yeah, so we actually have a couple questions that are tied together. So let's, let's go ahead and jump right in. The first question from Brian. He said, last year you guys mentioned the idea of a soft reset on the pod. Yes, we did talk about that. Mm-hmm. You're on uh, after that. Where are we on that? Did it work given the cap issues? Uh, what do you think? Well, I think the plan is still, you know, intact as much as it could be. I, I think that they still plan on saving some of that money to uh, to pay some of these guys that they're going to have to pay coming up pretty soon, including Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb. Those are all the three big three guys that are going to be coming up for contracts in the next two years. So I think that's, you know, still on play. I think what, what may be uh, – you know, different than what we had anticipated is I don't know if they're going to be, you know, big, necessarily big free agent spenders this off season more than normal. Uh, maybe they, they change their tinker with their philosophy a little bit. I think bit, they'll have the flexibility to do it if they want to. Which is the difference I think, right. Yeah. Between this year and last year is that I think that they'll have more flexibility depending on exactly how some things kind of work out with, some of the free agent contracts that are expiring, some money that you can move around. They could definitely create a bunch of room. Um, and they'll definitely have more room to play with uh, than they did last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if that necessarily is uh, a precursor to uh, them spending all that cash on free agents or, or kind of you know, you know going in on a big trade for a big money player. I, I do think that it it does kind of solidify that they are going to try to re-sign, which is, again, no surprise if you follow the Cowboys, that they're going to try to re-sign their own. And, and, and again, the three that we've mentioned, I don't think anybody would have a big qualm about trying to re-sign and Parsons and Diggs and, and, and Lamb. Uh, but I do think that they've kind of given themselves enough room that if they wanted to go get an Odell Beckham Jr., like we talked about yesterday, if they wanted to, uh, if they felt like they were a trade away, uh, for a big player, they could do that this year. Whereas last year, it felt yeah. like it really, really would have stressed uh, uh, the kind of cap room that they need to just operate through, you know, with within the season. So uh, I do think that they ha- are in a better position to do it this year, like we had anticipated. The question becomes: Is there a willingness to do it? Yeah, I mean, just to answer the question, yeah, the soft reset worked, right? Because you were able to win the same amount of games, but also save money by. Moving on from Lyle Collins, moving on from Amari Cooper, which we talked about yesterday. There's positives and negatives from the Amari trade, but um, 
I think the difference is is like the Cowboys are in a better cap situation, yep. but there's also more guys that performed well for them this year that they <laughs> might have to yeah. retain. For example, Leighton Vanderush, the Cowboys signed him to a one year, two million dollar contract last offseason. He so far outplayed that contract that if you want to bring him back next year, he's going to cost more. Uh, yep. I think Donovan Wilson had the best year of his career. If you yeah. want to bring him back, he's going to cost more. Tony Pollard, I don't think la- I don't think we were th- considering at all last year the possibility of the Cowboys placing the franchise tag on him. I remember us talking about, hey, if you want to give him six, seven million dollars a year, that makes sense. But like, he could legitimately earn. 10 11 million dollars oh, a year on the yeah. open market so yeah. yes it worked i i just don't know how much it's going to make them super active in free agency now the other question that goes with this uh landon is a bunch of people want to know do you anticipate the cowboys going all in in 2023 kind of after what they did last year with their cap situation well, I think part of one of the reasons they wanted to do what they did with their cap situation last year is to to give to push money to the, the future to sign some of those folks that we talked about. So I don't know if it necessarily like I don't anticipate that what they did last year is a uh, a uh, kind of a reshuffling of the deck to get ready to like push more chips in than they have previous, you know, like an all in people are using the all in phrase and I'm, and I'm using that, like, you know, the kind of the Rams or the Eagles have at certain points previous, but even the Eagles, I don't feel like aren't necessarily an all in. No, I I think Jerry Jones made a big mistake by saying the Eagles were all in this year because well, I think people made a mistake by listening to Jerry Jones and what other teams are because they're not, that's the problem. Like, but is a bad example of being all in because they do have cap flexibility. They've got a bunch of draft picks coming up. I think if you're going to use a team like the Packers from the last two years, we're all in. Go look at their, the Bucks. Go look at the Bucks cap situation now. They're like $56 million over without I mean, a quarterback Saints, on the roster. The Those like, are all in situations. Those are teams that are constantly in all, all in years. And, and, and look, I mean, I, I think there's been teams that have had success. The Rams, you know, won the Super Bowl with it, but like, let's not pretend like that's the only way to win the Super Bowl. I think we constantly fall into this trap, right? And and even now we're falling into the trap in in putting the Eagles in that box when they're not in that box. You know, they made some aggressive moves. There's no doubt about that, but they didn't like, you know, mortgage their future. They have a top 10 pick this year, you know? So like, and and that's not even their pick. So uh, yeah, I, I think that like, if you're talking about like going all in, you're talking about mortgaging the future for now, right? You're talking about trading first round draft picks for players, for, for vet players. You're talking about, you know, signing big time, long term, uh, short term contracts that, you know, maybe you're going to take some dead money hits in the, in the few years after this. I, I that's to me an all in situation. Or just doing a bunch of restructures, which is basically what green Bay did to get in the yeah. situation they're at. Like, they can't restructure any more contracts because they're all they're already done with them. Yeah, uh, I, I, I see Dallas being very picky as to who they restructure. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dallas has been clear that they're kind of in between those two philosophies, and uh, if anything, you know, kind of more on the side of of draft and develop than the other side. But but I think that that maybe this what what this does is. You know, after having watched these last few years, maybe it changes the angles a little bit on on how uh, how aggressive they are with free agents, and, and maybe it changes their methodology simply because they have more money. 
than they did uh, last year to play around with. But I still think that the the bulk of why they did what they did last year was because they a they felt like they could be as good a football team while doing the moves they did, and they and they were. And B, that they want to make sure that they can sign their own when the time comes down the road. I I will say we saw a change in philosophy last year from them or you know in the twenty twenty two season and how they build the roster because I can't remember a time where they went out and got so many veterans to fill a role starting in August. For example, Anthony Barr was a signing late August who played a massive role for them all year long. I mean, he played a ton of snaps. They traded for Jonathan Hankins. That one's not super surprised. And they've done that in the past. They've, they've but, signed or they traded for Michael Bennett or whatever. Go ahead. I'll, I'll add in for the Hankins thing. Like even that as a subcategory is something that was unique. I, I think that we should give the Cowboys credit because how many years previous would they even consider signing, much less trading for a actual true nose tackle that is a big on body, a you deal. know, in the middle on a one year deal? They would never do that yeah. before. I mean, when was the, when was the last time they would sign a Ty Hilton, a, a right. diminutive wide receiver, late in the, as a free agent? Like they've made changes in their philosophy. This or last year. or an Xavier Rhodes, like yeah, the Rhodes exactly. one didn't work out as well as the other ones did, but. They tried. Historically, what have the Cowboys done? Hey, if an injury goes down, we're going to pull up a guy from our practice squad, a guy that we know, and that's who we're going to play. But they felt like, hey, we just need to try to win a couple games here. Rhodes has gives us the best floor. So that's what we're going with. So I they just to answer the question, I don't think they're going to be all in for 2023. I think they want to extend, try to keep this window open as long as possible to be a contender. And just hope that one year things fall the right way. Yeah, and I, I, I think the idea of all in, in in the sense of the like the Rams, the Saints, that's not necessarily something that they're interested in doing as it is right now. Maybe that changes as Jerry gets older, but I think as it stands right now, they would rather have multiple solid windows where yes. things fall right than opposed to trying to just you know inch open one window you know, a a few, two, three inches more than a normal window would be open for them. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what type of receiver makes the most sense opposite of CD lamb. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know, the success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently and effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with their targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company uh, and their 875 million member profiles to help put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify those most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs helps it uh, make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Landon, we've got a few questions about uh, wide receivers. Let's let's start with this one. Uh, a couple of people wanted to know, what is the best type of receiver to pair with CeeDee Lamb long-term? 
Well, I, th- I think it's, you know, it's, it's more about what's going to be a good receiver to fit the kind of system that we're going to be running. Because I do think that CeeDee Lamb, he can play inside, he can play outside. You could pair CeeDee Lamb with really anybody. I mean, and just that because- was going to be my answer. He's, he's kind of the chess, you know, the, the queen on the chessboard, right? He, he can do everything. So you just need to find another high end number two receiver. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, really. You probably would rather go with somebody that has some more outside skills simply because you really like using CD in the slot, but he definitely can operate on the outside if you want him to. Um, So I would say if you're trying to find like the perfect fit, you know, maybe a guy that is uh, 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 kind of a, a, a slightly undersized, but, but still like a tough guy that has some speed that can play on the outside. That's a good slant runner. That's that can you know that could win on off the line of scrimmage with route running, um, but it's maybe too you don't bad, know, like T. Y. Hilton wasn't like ten years younger because honestly, yeah, that's right, fit. yeah, I think that that's that's kind of the the look you're looking for. I think you you've got a guy in Gallup that you can send down the field, uh, or you're hoping that he can get back to a spot where you can send him down the field. He could be the the contested catch guy. I don't know that you necessarily need that guy as much as you need someone who can consistently find a way to get open, uh, who can you know take advantage of the one-on-one coverage that is going to be provided to him by the, by all the attention uh, on CD lamb and, 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 you know, convert third downs, be a reliable target. You don't need him to be a superstar. You, you'd like for him to make a play here and there, but really just a reliable target who can convert a third down when they're double teaming your tight end and CD lamb. And you've got a one-on-one on the backside. That's the kind of receiver that really would help this offense just kind of continually be efficient in moving the chains. Now, I'm going to suggest a name, but I think this guy's maybe slightly over the hill a little bit, but I think this type of player, okay. I think like Robert Woods, like that yeah. type of player makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? Can block his butt off, can play, you know, if you want CD on the outside because of a matchup, he can come and play the slot. He can play all three receiver positions. He can, he's going to catch everything you throw to him, um, and he can win one-on-one matchups. Like I think that type of receiver is exactly what Dallas needs. I I keep saying Golden Tate, and the reason I keep saying Golden Tate, and I think they're very those two are very similar players, at least in their games, right? I think the reason I bring up Tate is because I want to, I kind of want a wide receiver with an attitude. That's the one thing I know that that seems like a stupid, like you know, ethereal thing, but I want somebody who, who's physical, who's like wants to get into the cornerback's face, like who wants to like rile up the offense. CeeDee Lamb is fantastic as a, as a player, but like as far as a like rallying force, you know, that to kind of pump up the offense, I feel like the, the offense is missing that, like that, that Michael they, they Irvin. They need that great toughness on the offense. Yes, I- exactly. And I think that that's, that's something I know that that's not like, it's an intangible and, and I, we don't know. I especially don't normally talk about that kind of thing, but I do think that that's something that this offense is lacking a little bit of uh, that. I think think, that to be honest, I kind of think Cedric Wilson had a little bit of that last year. Sure. sure. A little bit of it. I I think guys like, uh, you know, I mean, you see the, the green Bay teams had tons of those guys, right? Like the McCarthy, like the Randall Cobbs, I think falls into that. Right. He's a nice guy, but I also think he's tough. He'll rile up the team. He'll, he'll get after folks. If, if, if things aren't going right, uh, so I do think that you know someone with someone a little spicy would be nice. They need someone you know? with an edge. It's really yeah. Irritating. And maybe exactly. it's a veteran, right? Maybe it's one yeah. of these guys that's a little bit past their prime. Like I remember when the Ravens signed Derek Mason when he was kind of 
you know, he was at the end part of his career, but he played with that edge that they needed. They then they went out and got Anquan Bolden, who had that mm-hmm. same kind of fiery edge. Like they definitely need something like that. But for the, I got another for the question Cow- regarding. Uh, I was going to say for the Cowboys, real quick. Patrick Creighton. Remember Patrick yeah. Creighton? I know he dropped that pass, but having a guy like that on your team is valuable. Yes. You know, who's versus- All right. Next question uh, from at Jones's babysitter. He said, interested to hear more and the potential archetype t- change at wide receiver with the uh, scheme change. What type of receiver do you think the Cowboys should be interested in in free agency in the draft? Well, the, the, key, thing, the key thing in mind structurally that you want to remember just kind of a you know, ten thousand foot view of of Coriel versus West Coast is that Coriel is going to attack down the field a lot more than a West Coast offense. Is. West Coast mm-hmm. offense is about timing, it's about rhythm, it's it's about throwing at a higher rate, uh, almost kind of in lieu of a running game, right? Like so, there's definitely going to be lots of throws to the running back. There's definitely going to be short uh, slants. We've talked about that. Short passes to the tight ends and receivers. So you want a, a guy that. Uh, is a solid hands catcher because you're going to be potentially catching the ball with some contested situations, you know, some of these short passes. You want a guy who's a good route runner, who understands timing and pacing, um, who is kind of, you know, really, if you think about, I, I know that Jerry Rice is, a, you know, it's like, oh, you just need Jerry Rice. But yeah, the, thing Jerry that Rice made, the thing that made Jerry Rice so great in that system is that he was exactly where he needed to be when he was needed to be there and that's what i said it's the consistency in the west coast offense like you're gonna run a slant you better run that slant exactly the same way every single time you run it so you're looking less for the freak athletic wide receivers that you want to try to develop and more into the hey this guy is a fifth year senior he's run a ton of routes he's got a very high floor he's he knows how to run routes in a subtle way he understands the assignment on this on the on the routes uh and, and he loves to block like that's the scouting report of the guy that you want right a, a route example, runner like just using the last year's first yeah, round prospects yeah. like i think chris alave makes yep. more sense in this offense yes. than a Traylon Burks does, who mm-hmm. is that bigger, more physical guy. I know Alave had a better rookie season. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the guy that's just more consistent, maybe not as physically special and talented, but you just know what you're getting every single snap. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that that's the kind of guy, you know, honestly, if he, the guy in this draft class to me, this is the later, I haven't seen all the, all the guys, but the guy that like, to me of the, of the people I've seen so far, Michael Wilson from Stanford because yeah. he hasn't run a ton of routes. He's been injured a lot, but he looks polished. He looks like he, he knows what he's doing. He has subtlety to his route running. And those are the kind of things that I want to see. I want to see a guy who doesn't have to be taught how to run a slant route. Like it, it, it is, is, is ready to have a 301 class about how to run a slant route, not a 101 class right. when he gets into the NFL. So that's the kind of archetype I want to see a wide receiver. And at running back, I think the key thing is, more of an emphasis on as, as a pass catcher, uh, uh, being able to kind of find a way to make people miss in the open space because, uh, you know, as be, uh, many people have talked about it, we're living in a, in a, uh, a shell coverage world still. 
So there's going to be a tons of times that you're going to be checking it down to your, your running back. You need the running back to be able to make at least a guy miss, try to pick up some extra yards because that actually will end up becoming a large portion of your run game is kind of the short passing game. Yeah. So more of an emphasis on pass catchers, not that, not that pass blocking won't still be important, but I think that more of a focus on, on being able to catch the ball and then make people miss in the flats uh, will be important for the running back. Basically the part of the running backs is, you have to be as good of a receiver as you are as a runner. Like if you're yeah. just a good runner and eh, as a receiver, I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to be all that interested in you. In fact, we saw what he did in Green Bay at yeah. the, the later parts where, you know what, we're going to draft a receiver and move him to running back because that's more important to us is that you know how to catch the ball and you're able to make plays out of the backfield. We can teach you how to run the ball when we need to. Or if we are running the ball, Everybody in the world is going to know we're just going to bring in a guy that can actually run the ball, right? So I think yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest change. I want to talk a little bit more about the running back situation for the Cowboys and what maybe they do next year. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lifetime because they are the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many cool welcome bonus and features uh, for new customers right now. Just download the FanDuel app uh, so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Liam, uh, last question here. A couple of people wanted to know, do you think the Cowboys will devalue the running back position now that Mike McCarthy is running his offense? Um, I think it's just changes, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's more just the shape of the value is different, right? Like, I think that you, you're, you, first of all, let me go ahead and preface all this, that we still really don't have any idea what kind of offense this is going to be. We're all basing this on McCarthy's, you know, Pass, five or yeah. six year old offense. So I would say generally speaking that the the running back position um, doesn't necessarily have less value, but the run game has less value, if that makes sense, right? Like, so I think, I think the, the position still has value. It's just the shape of that value has changed. And, and maybe in some ways, uh, those kind of running backs in the West Coast offense are more valuable. They than, are. Than I, I don't, offenses. I don't, right. Because there's, there are a million running backs out there. If you need a guy that can just give you 14 carries for 67 yards, you can find that guy all over the place. Mm-hmm. But can you find the guy that can be lined up in the slot and beat safeties in one-on-one coverage, but also can run against a seven-man block a, a box and pick up a linebacker, you know, screaming down? Those guys are harder to find. Which is why Marcus is endorsing Bijan as the pick at 26 because he can no. run routes. But if you are going to draft a running back, there's a better fit for the Cowboys than Bijan at 26. But we'll talk about that at another time. Yeah, we can talk about it another time. But anyways, yeah, I do think to answer your question, I, I actually think that running backs may be uh, more valuable, but that's probably because they 
are more unique creatures that you have to find in order to kind of run in the West Coast offense because finding a running back, like you said, who just carries the rock, that's that's not so difficult. Finding a running back who's equally adept at running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield, making people miss, that's a little bit harder to find. So I think that makes that archetype a little bit more valuable because it's a little more scarce. Yes. And it doesn't mean it has to be Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler. Like those guys are tough to find. And I don't think Dallas is going to want to pay up for what it takes to get those guys. What you're really looking for is like James White, who was in New England for, for a while. Right. Uh, if you want a lesser example, like Theo Riddick, who was in Detroit forever yep. with Matt Stafford, like that style of running back that he can give you 35 snaps in any single game because you're throwing the ball a bunch. Yeah. Totally. I, I think that those are the the kind of guys you're looking at. Um, Pollard is, a, is actually a great fit, I think, you know, because yeah. he does of, of his skill set. So uh, obviously you could bring him back and then maybe draft a guy or, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how this all shapes out for the Cowboys. But I do think that the that the position is different between these two. Yes. Offices. The other thing I would say really quickly before we head out about the running back position in Mike McCarthy and just in West Coast offense is historically those teams use a lot of running backs, right? And we talked yeah. about earlier this week, maybe the Cowboys switching from a two-headed monster, quote-unquote, to more of a three or four, you know, you know, backfield where you have three guys who can all do some different stuff. And you're just rotating these guys based on the matchups. And maybe you're not paying one guy $12 million, but maybe you're paying three guys $13 million. Like, I could, I could see that. Or maybe you've got three running backs and – a fullback. Wouldn't that be nice? Bring the fullback into the back into this offense. Do some interesting things with the you just you're just not interested in this, but uh, I'm very interested. I thought in we already it. had a fullback on this team. We're number twenty one. Uh well they I'm on board with that too. Get, I mean have, I'm kind of joking, but like, I'm not joking in saying that if if Ezekiel Elliott was willing and and and, and wanted to put on like let's say 10, 15 pounds. All right? Should be easy for him, yeah. He would be killer in the Kyle Juszczyk kind of role, right? Yes. Because the type of the type of first of all, he's a great run blocker. Second of all, the type of person that would end up covering Zeke out of the backfield as a fullback would, you know, certainly greatly increase his odds on on making people miss after. The catch. Not only that, but like, I mean that that fullback has to be good in short yardage, like yeah, be able to run the ball. I mean, again, I'm kind of joking, but go look at what John Kuhn did for Green Bay all those years. Like, he got so many short yardage carries. If Dallas is dead set on bringing Zeke back and Zeke wants to be back, I I don't know if you turn him into a full-time fullback. I can think think that. Super back is what you call him. You give him some kind of hybrid name to make it look sexy and then you – and basically play him as as an age back, you know? Listen, you were in Tampa Bay a little bit. This is kind yeah. of what Tampa did with Mike Allstock, right? Yeah, exactly. Listen, that's that. I think those kind of play. This has been an inefficiency in the NFL for a long time. There is a type of player that is a mismatch player that is somewhere between fullback and tight end. That if the, the NFL could figure out how to use, especially in a West Coast system with yeah. the way things are, I, I mean, I think. You see success in those types of players when you find the right kind of guy, and they're usually cheap because no one else wants yeah, them. Nobody else I, I, just, them. I think there's an inefficiency that the Cowboys should exploit, especially now that they're using a West Coast offense. Uh, yeah, there's actually a lot of fullbacks that are available right now because only two teams use them, the Ravens and the 49ers, and that's it. Right? That's the only two teams that have fullbacks. So maybe, maybe the Cowboys will stumble on something here. 
that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And on Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes, Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Landon, you and I will be back tomorrow to talk about the tight ends, uh, recapping them for the 2022 season. We should also tell the people that we are going to be starting some NFL draft uh, coverage next week. So we're just going to tell you, we're, we're watching cornerbacks. Uh, the names that we're watching, Joey yeah. Porter Jr. from Penn State, Cam Smith from South Carolina, Keely Ringo from Georgia. So if you want to watch along this weekend, uh, compare your notes to ours next week. We, we highly recommend that you do that. We can't wait to start giving you guys draft coverage. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.